Thank you for listening to the Valley Point Church Podcast. We are currently in the series, White Napkin. We hope it's a blessing to you. Welcome to week number two of White Napkin Sundays. It is great to see you, and I'm really excited about what we're going to be discussing today. So wave those napkins around. You should have received one when you walked in the door. If not, one of our host team members can get that to you. We're going to be writing some things on our napkins today and drawing some things, and we're going to learn quite a bit. Before we write and draw, though, I want to draw your attention to a couple of things that are happening here at Valley Point. On your way out the door today, you are going to receive a summer booklet. When you get this, yes, you're excited. Here's the deal. When you get this, you need to guard it with your life, okay? It's very important. It has all of the information and the details about the different things that are happening around Valley Point for June, July, and August. So you can take your summer booklet, put it right next to your Bible, and you can kind of read those two things, get nourishment and food from God's Word, and then you can open up that summer brochure to find out how you can connect with other people. You will find in this brochure the name of our summer series, which begins next week. We begin this series called Blah Faith. And so I want to take the summer to just talk to you about how we can overcome the blahs when it comes to walking with Christ. Maybe you have discovered this. There is that moment where you trust in Jesus alone to rescue you, and you get very excited about that and thrilled, and you can't wait to discover everything that God has for you. So there's a lot of energy and momentum and thirst for following and for doing what God wants. And then life just kind of happens. It does. And all of a sudden, our faith becomes blah. It's no longer driving us. It's no longer energizing. It's no longer the first thing on our minds. And so I want to take some time over the summer to present to you. If you want to have a blah faith, if you want that, well, then try this. And we'll talk about what we can do to have blah faith. And then we'll counter that with, here's what God wants to live this adventuresome life that when you walk through Scripture, you discover is what God wants for everyone who embraces the leadership and the forgiveness that God offers through Christ. It is an adventure that brings joy, and there is danger there, and it is anything but blah. So we're going to take our summer to kind of kick blah to the curb and really think through how we can live and experience a dynamic faith. So that begins next Sunday. Next Sunday is also Father's Day. So we're going to have a child dedication next Sunday. That's one of the things we want to do to create a special day for our dads. And we've got a few other things for them. It's also the day for our members that we are going to affirm Rich Kirk as our next elder. And that will take place between our two gatherings at approximately 1030 right here in this room. So if you are a member of Valley Point, we invite you to come. 
Our elder team has been interviewing and having conversations with Rich, and we're excited about bringing him onto our team. That does require a membership affirmation, and so if you are a member, you'll have the chance to do that next Sunday between our gatherings as well. And then I want to let you know, we are now Facebook Live, and that's actually happening during this service, so hello to everybody who may be watching on Facebook. Please be sure to like and comment and do all of that. And this is designed so that when you are away this summer, when you're down the shore or at the beach or wherever, you don't have to miss anything that happens at Valley Point Church. And so take your normal time, whatever service you enjoy coming to, whether it's 9.15 or 11 o'clock, you can tune in to Facebook and you can watch the music and the talk and everything that happens, and we want to make that available to you so that we stay connected over the summer. So that's actually going on right now, and that will carry through our summer series. So does that make sense? All right, when you walk out the door, grab that summer booklet and be sure that you hang on to it, and you are aware of everything that is taking place. Okay, take out your napkins now. Will you do that? And the very first thing that I want you to write on your napkin in a corner because you're going to use a lot of your napkin today, all right? So make sure you leave some space. I want you to write down your life verse or verses. These are the verses that I chose in January 2 Kings 3, 16 through 18. Do you remember your life verse? Do you remember what you picked? We're at the halfway point of 2017, and here's what I know about me that's probably true for you as well. We forget important things. We just do. That's our nature. Even very important things we forget. And my guess is some of us have probably forgotten the verses that we chose at the beginning of the year to use as a guide for our lives, as an anchor for our souls, as a way to center us throughout this entire year. And so I'm here to kind of ring the bell at the halfway mark to say, go back to your verse or verses. Get that rolling around in your mind and in your heart again, because you may need those words now more than when you needed them in January. And so let's just refresh and remember and memorize once again so that these verses are firmly planted in our hearts. Now, if you don't remember your verse or verses, I'm here to help. In the lobby are the displays that everybody wrote their verses down on on Commitment Sunday in January. And so if you don't remember at all, you can walk out into the lobby Find your name amongst all the names and look for your set of verses. And then you can write that in the corner of your napkin. And again, let that guide you for the rest of the year. All right, so if you forgot, it's out there. If you participated in that, you can check out your verses. And please, I beg of you to do that. If you were not here and didn't have the chance to participate in Life Verse 2017, or maybe you're very new to Valley Point and you just started attending and you didn't get to be a part of that tradition that is now something we do every year. That's perfectly fine. I want you to begin thinking about a verse or two that you can claim here 
in June to anchor your soul for the rest of the year. If you would like some help with that, at the Just For You table in the lobby, we have a sheet of challenging life verses, a whole set of different verses that people have chosen in different years to kind of guide them and direct them. Some of them are encouraging. Some of them bring joy into your life. Some of them poke a little bit. And occasionally the word of God can and should do that. And so you'll find those verses on that helpful sheet there. I would encourage you to go get that sheet, read through all the different verses there. And if there is something that kind of jumps into your heart or something that makes you smile or again, something that pokes a little bit, that could be your verse or verses that you want to write down on your napkin and claim for the rest of the year. All right, so I want everybody to lean into this. It's very important that we have the word of God rolling around in our minds and anchored in our hearts so that whatever we experience, the good, the bad, and everything in between, we can keep going back to the word of God and say to ourselves, that's what I chose. I want to keep reminding myself of that. Good challenge? Yes, it's a good challenge. So if you don't remember your verses, go find them on the display or pick a new one. Or if you weren't a part of that, grab that sheet and let's make sure we've got God's word anchoring ourselves as we move forward. Okay? So that's one part of your napkin. Now, you might need to open your napkin up or if you want to flip it to the other side, that's perfectly fine because we're going to draw a map today. How many people enjoy looking at maps? Pretty much no one. But we're going to make maps fun today, all right? Because we're going to peer into the Middle East a little bit, and I'm going to draw a map to you and kind of share a story along the way. So I want you to draw this. This is actually the Mediterranean Sea. And then we can do a little bit of this. This is a body of water known as the Red Sea. So make sure you've got that on your map. To the left of the Red Sea is a country called Egypt, and we'll talk a little bit about God's story of taking his people out of Egypt and into what we will call and what God calls the land of promise. All right, so you've got the Mediterranean Sea, we've got the Red Sea here, we've got some property in between, Egypt over here and the land of promise. We're going to come back to the map in just a little bit, so make sure you've got all of those pieces there. We're going to come back to the map in a little bit and fill it out a tad bit more. But first, I want to share a very sad story with you. Yay for sad stories. Right? Everybody loves sad stories, right? And this is why you enjoy coming to church to hear a sad story. Well, I'm going to share this sad story with you. I actually believe, and again, the geography will fit into all of this. This may be one of the saddest stories in all of Scripture. It really might be. And what makes it so sad is that it didn't need to happen, but it did happen. And I believe it's recorded for us so that we can look into what another group of people experienced that wasn't so great and learn from their example. And so that's what we're going to do today. That's what I want us to think through. 
And if you have a Bible or a device, I want you to find Deuteronomy chapter 1. Let's look into this sad story. Deuteronomy chapter 1. Deuteronomy is the fifth book in the Old Testament. So if you go to the very front of your Bible and you begin turning to the right, you will find Genesis and then eventually Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers. And if you keep flipping or if you keep dialing through your phone, if you're looking at scripture on your phone right now, you will find the book of Deuteronomy and chapter 1. Deuteronomy, again, is the fifth book in Scripture. It makes up what is known as the Pentateuch. Penta is a word that means five. So these are the five books that begin our Scripture. And we're going to look at Deuteronomy chapter 1, several verses there that make up this very sad story. And then I will look at one verse in Deuteronomy chapter 4. Now, here's what you need to know about the book of Deuteronomy, just to make a little sense of this. And to set some context here, Deuteronomy consists of a series of farewell messages by Israel's 120-year-old leader, Moses. So Moses, he led God's people out of Egypt. We'll talk about that. He's aged now. He's up there. And he is providing some farewell messages to God's people. It is addressed specifically, the book of Deuteronomy, to the new generation destined to possess the land of promise, those who survive the 40 years of wilderness wandering. We're going to talk about the 40 years of wilderness wandering today. We're actually going to draw that out, 40 years of wandering. We're going to be here a long time. All right, so buckle up. That's Deuteronomy. Now, Deuteronomy was written at the end of the 40-year period of wandering in approximately 1405 BC, when this new generation was ready to say, that's the land that God gave to us. We need to get in there and enjoy God's best. Here's the big idea of the book of Deuteronomy, which will also serve as our big idea for today. And that is beware so you don't forget. Beware so you don't forget. And we find Moses as a seasoned, mature leader, continually saying this over and over and over again, beware so you don't forget. He knew that his people, God's people, continually forgot the provision of God. They just kind of blanked on that or they turned their back on that. And so Moses is getting the people together, this new generation, after the wanderings in the wilderness to say, beware so you do not forget the provision of God. And what we discover Moses saying is, if you forget the provision of God, here's what's going to happen to you. Two things. You will become arrogant and that will be followed by disobedience. And often those two things work together. If you forget about the provision of God, you will become arrogant and you will become very disobedient as well. And so Deuteronomy, in these farewell messages that Moses, this aging leader, delivers, it is a call to be obedient to God, which is kind of a big deal. All right, let's go back to the map for a few moments. If you remember Israel's history, there is a time period over 400 years where they are slaves in Egypt and they are oppressed. And so generation after generation after generation is born. 
They come and they go, and all they know is slavery and oppression. Well, in the process of that oppression, God raised up a leader, Moses. He's a young man at the time in comparison to his farewell speeches in Deuteronomy. He's a young man at the time, and God raises up Moses to bring God's people out of Egypt and into freedom. And so on your map, I want you to draw their little journey across the Red Sea into freedom. And boy, what a miraculous journey that was. At one point, they're trapped at the edge of the Red Sea. And the Egyptians decide they want their workforce back. They want their slaves back. And so Pharaoh, the leader, puts his entire army together and they chase God's people to the edge of the Red Sea. And they become panicked knowing this is the end. We will be destroyed here. And in a miraculous way, God opens up the Red Sea and they walk across on dry ground into freedom and the Egyptian army is destroyed. An amazing display of God doing what only he could do. Well, after crossing the Red Sea, God's people eventually made their way to a place known as Mount Sinai. Several things happened in Mount Sinai. One of the most significant things that took place there, is that God delivered to his people the 10 rules, the 10 commandments. God wrote them on stone. He delivered them to Moses. Moses took them to the people. The 10 commandments really are very unique because the first four of the commandments focus on our vertical relationship with God. If you want to have a right relationship with God, do these things here. Honor me. Don't have any other gods before me. Keep the Sabbath. These are very important things that help our vertical relationship with God be everything that it can and it should be. After that, there are six more commands that deal with our relationships. Like don't murder. Don't steal. And there are other things that are there that help us be rightly related to each other. So when you think about the Ten Commandments, they were all delivered at Mount Sinai. Four commandments that deal with our vertical relationship with God. Six commands that deal with how we can be in a right relationship with other people. And God gave these commandments to his people in a way to say, I want to enter into a covenant relationship with you. Do these ten things. So the people get very excited about that. They're happy. They're free from Egypt. And then what we discover next is that God's people travel to a place that sits about right here called Kadesh Barnea. Scholars tell us that a large group of people traveling from Mount Sinai to Kadesh Barnea on foot that would take approximately 11 days. So it's not that long of a trip, but long enough that you've got to get things together and you have to travel and you've got to watch out for other people. But in approximately 11 days, you can be in Kadesh Barnea, which uniquely sits right at the edge of the land of promise. So here's God's people, right? This is an amazing story. I love this story. 400-some years of slavery and oppression in Egypt, God leads them out in a miraculous way. He gives them commandments for covenant living, how you can be rightly related to me and rightly related to each other. And then they get to the edge of the promised land. They have a mandate from God, go and occupy. 
They have a plan. They have the hand of God with them. And they have data. I think the greatest thing out of that list, they had a plan, they had a mandate, they had data about what was on the other side. I think the greatest thing about that list is that God himself was with them. Now, we're going to read this in just a moment in Deuteronomy chapter 1, but what we find here all along the way is that God traveled with his people. In the day, it was a pillar of cloud. At night, it was a pillar of fire. So if God's people ever got a little freaked out, like, I'm not sure if this is going to work. I don't know if we should get into the land of promise. We hear there are some people over there that are a little stronger than what we are. We're just not sure. They had the opportunity to say, well, there he is. Pillar of cloud. That's God. And he's with us right here. Or at night. Can you imagine this sight? Well, I'm not sure if God is still with us, but oh, there it is. Pillar of fire, God is with us. So here they are on the edge of the land of promise. They have a plan, a mandate. They have data, and they have God with them. But unfortunately, this is where the story gets a little sad. So if you have your Bible or a device, I'm going to begin reading in Deuteronomy chapter 1 with verse 26. Here's Moses talking to this new generation, and he says this, But you rebelled against the command of the Lord your God and refused to go in. You complained in your tents and said the Lord must hate us. That's why he has brought us here from Egypt to hand us over to the Amorites to be slaughtered. Where can we go? Our brothers have demoralized us with this report. They tell us the people of the land are taller and more powerful than we are. And their towns are large with walls rising high into the sky. We even saw the New York Giants there. The descendants of Anak. But I said to you, here's Moses, mature leader. Don't be shocked or afraid of them. The Lord your God is going ahead of you. He will fight for you just as you saw him do in Egypt. And you saw how the Lord your God cared for you all along the way as you traveled through the wilderness, just as a father cares for his child. Now he has brought you to this place, Kadesh Barnea. But even after all he did, you refused to trust the Lord your God, who goes before you looking for the best places to camp guiding you with a pillar of fire by night and a pillar of cloud by day. When the Lord heard you are complaining, he became very angry. So he solemnly swore, not one of you from this wicked generation will live to see the good land I swore to give to your ancestors. Sad story. Perhaps one of the saddest in all of Scripture. Makes you feel kind of warm and fuzzy, doesn't it? Well, there's actually some very serious things that are happening here. Things that we need to discuss. There are two things that happened. The posture of their hearts. So you've got God's people on the edge of the promised land. And the posture of their hearts, their affections, should have been directly placed on God. Instead, here's what happened. They complained 
So verse 27 says, You complained in your tents and said, The Lord must hate us. That's why he has brought us here from Egypt to hand us over to the Amorites to be slaughtered. That word complain there actually means to grumble. In the Hebrew here, in the construction of the sentence, it means to express discontent in low tones. Isn't that great? That's what my kids do all the time. I can't understand them. I can't hear them. And I'm wondering if maybe my hearing is going. No, they're just complaining. They're expressing discontent in low tones, and I can't hear, and I can't understand. Unfortunately, for God's people, that didn't work. Because as they were expressing discontent in low tones, God heard, and he became very upset with their grumbling directed to him. So that's one of the serious things that happened. They complained against God. The other thing that happened is they refused to trust God, verse 32. But even after all he did, remember, we've got Egypt and the crossing and God's commands and we've got pillar of fire at night and pillar of cloud by day. God is with us. But even after all he did, you refused to trust the Lord your God. And so here's the result. And I want to go back to the easel for a moment. Here's what happened. God's people on the edge of the promised land. They're right there, ready to occupy. They've been given a mandate. It's your land. Go get it. But instead, they expressed discontent in low tones in their tents. That was all directed to God, and they refused to trust. So instead of occupying the land, here's what happened to God's people. For the next 40 years, they basically walked around in a circle until that generation of complainers and those who refused to trust God died. Just a reminder, again, scholars tell us that journey from Mount Sinai to Kadesh Barnea is approximately 11 days. At that point, they're on the edge of this land. So what should have been an approximate 11-day journey to get into enjoying God's best turned into 40 years of wandering and misery. Not a great choice. Not a great choice. Why do I share this sad story today? And we don't generally like hearing sad stories, so why do I share that today? Well, I share that because in 25 more Sundays, we occupy our new facility. And we have been on this extraordinary journey. And 25 Sundays is going to move quickly. That fast. It'll be here and we'll be moving in. And complaining against God and a refusal to trust him on this journey will throw us off track. And we can't let that happen. It shouldn't happen. And so this is a call for all of us to think about the choice at Kadesh Barnea and what that generation did and what they said and how they complained and how they refused to trust the provision of God. This is a call for all of us to consider the posture of our hearts and what direction is it pointing in right now because we are about to embark on a very spiritual step. This is so much more than just a change of location. I hope you know that. If we're just 
not meeting here and meeting over there, then who really cares about a spiritual journey? But this has been so much more than that for us. This is a journey of dependency and answered prayer and sacrifice and generosity and a genuine move of God. That's what's taking us from here to there in 25 more Sundays. And we have to make sure that the posture of our hearts, our affections are appropriately placed on God. Outside of us as a faith journey, what's happening in your personal life right now? Maybe there are some things there at work or at home or school or wherever it is that you move and where you function, is there something there that is causing you to complain against God? To throw off your trust? Come back. Come back. Because you really can't afford to let an 11-day journey take 40 years of heartache and mess. We don't have that kind of time. So come back. Check the posture of your heart. That's exactly what this generation did, this new generation that Moses was discussing. And here's what happened to them. They not only listened to Moses, but they refused to complain, and they did trust God, and eventually they made it into the promised land, and they experienced God's best. It happened for them, and it can, and it should happen for us as well. So how did they check the posture of their hearts? How did they make sure this is pointed in the right direction? It is on God and giving glory and praise to him. How did they check that? Well, here's what we find in Deuteronomy chapter 4 and verse 9. Again, here's Moses and he's talking to them. And he reminds them, watch out. Watch out. Be careful never to forget what you yourself have seen Do not let these memories escape from your mind as long as you live and be sure to pass them on to your children and grandchildren. So beware so you don't forget about the provision of God. Think about this for just a moment. When you experience an answer to prayer, no matter how big that is or how small it may seem, Don't forget that and pass that on to the next generation. When you experience a God moment that just cannot be explained and you're not even sure what language to use to describe what happened to you, but you just know, you know, God did something here that I never could have accomplished on my own. Don't forget that. Remember and then pass that on to the next generation. When you experience the provision of God in your life that cannot be explained in any other way than God himself coming through for you, remember that and pass it on to the next generation. I think this is the challenge that Moses gave to this young generation as they sat there after the wandering and they watched that older generation move on. We don't want to complain. We want to trust. Watch out. Be very careful never to forget what you yourself have seen Do not let these memories of answered prayer, of God moments, of God's provision escape from your mind as long as you live. And then do this. Be sure to pass that on to the next generation.
Let's go back to our napkins because we've got a couple of takeaways. I think everybody today, we're just in this place where you have to ask and answer the question about the posture of your heart. As you evaluate yourself right now on this day, 25 Sundays away from a very distinct move of God on our behalf. Right? Again, so much more than just a change of location. If that's all it is, then we're kind of wasting our time. It's a move of God. It's a provision of God. We're 25 weeks away. So this is a call for all of us to ask and answer the question, the posture of my heart. Is it pointed in God's direction? Are my affections there or not? And if not, here's the second takeaway. Don't let an 11-day journey turn into a 40-year wandering. That's just an incredible waste of time. Shouldn't happen, doesn't need to happen, but it can if our heart isn't attached to where God wants it to be. So everybody, here's the call. Let's ask and answer the question, the posture of my heart, directed to God or not, and then let's be sure we don't let an 11-day journey turn into 40 years of wandering. That's just a mess. So big idea. Beware. Beware. So you don't forget. And then pass that on. Pass it on to the next generation. Father, we're thankful for some time today to look into a book we don't often discuss, the book of Deuteronomy. There's so much here for us. It's an aging leader, a mature leader. After having watched a whole generation make a bad choice and pay the price for that, looking at a younger generation saying, this is your opportunity, this is your chance to not express discontent in low tones. This is your chance to trust the Almighty and lean into Him. And that is indeed what they did and they occupied. God, uniquely, we find ourselves in a situation where we are traveling as well. We're traveling to a place that you have provided for and that you have enabled us to step into in remarkable ways. Would you help each and every one of us to view this as more than just, yeah, our church has a new place. God, it has been, and it still is a very spiritual journey And we don't want to forget what you have done because if we forget, we will become arrogant and disobedient and we'll wander and we just don't have time for that. So God, would you help us all just to evaluate the posture of our hearts right now to make sure that it's looking to you and that we're expressing gratitude and thankfulness for your past provision and looking for future opportunities for you to work and for future God moments that we can claim and then remember and pass on to the next generation as well. God, challenge us, encourage us to be looking to you. Help us to respond appropriately now. We pray in Jesus' name.
Amen. Thanks for listening. If you call Valley Point Church home or would like to make a donation, please go to valleypointchurch.com slash online giving. If you're in need of prayer, we would love to serve you in that way. Send us a message at prayer at valleypointchurch.com. Be blessed.